Okay, so today I'm joined by the quirky card queen. She shows up in my feed and makes me smile on the daily. She employs her nan and there's even been, I think, not quite a petition. I don't think you're quite there yet, Sasha, but an Instagram account uh, created to make Sasha's nan employee of the month. Welcome to the podcast, Sasha. How are you? After that right introduction, I'm a bit like flipping out. My nan is like becoming more famous in the business and I'm just not really okay with it. But apart from that, hi, thanks for having me. I just find it so, so funny and I feel like you properly play on it and it's just such a laugh because I don't think many people, many people would ask their nan for help. I certainly wouldn't ask mine. (laughs) I don't, do you know what? I didn't even necessarily ask her. It was more like, I'm doing a, I'm doing this business and then it was like well you clearly need help Sasha move out of the way let me pack these cards for this kind of situation <laughs> that was never really like an interview process it wasn't like we sat down and I said please help me it was more like she kind of said move I'm helping you and I was like right right she's here to stay cool <laughs> yeah that's it now she's a fish amazing Cool. So with every guest that I have on the podcast, uh, we all have a habit when we run our own small businesses of introducing ourselves as a business. But of course, there is so much more to us as human beings than just running a business and working our tits off. So I like to challenge every guest that I have on to introduce themselves as a person, as a human being, their hobbies, their interests in 30 seconds or less and to add a bit of spice. Uh, all that I ask is that if you go over the 30 seconds to make a small donation to the charity Mind. Now, I did give you the heads up, Sasha, but did you prep for it? Okay, so I think I misunderstood the brief slightly. So this morning, <laughs> you well, no, right, you said, so you, like, to describe me as a person, but yep. I've just got, like, some, like, ugh, I'll just do what I've got and then we'll see how it goes. And you can tell me if it passes or not. <laughs> it's going to be smashing, it's fine. It's like a series of facts. But they're not. Yeah. I'll just try. Right, ready? Right, I'll count you in. I've got a stopwatch. Ready? No stress. Okay. <laughs> don't Wait, don't do panic. I know when you're when the thirty seconds are up, though. Or do I not know? Is that the point? Yeah, you don't know. So you just keep talking until you're. D- tell me when you're done, and I'll tell you if we're in thirty seconds or not. Right. Okay. Hang on. <gasps> <laughs> right. Three, two, one, go. I started getting my eyebrows done way too young. So I was the girl like age 12 who had like her eyebrows waxed, like little pencils. And that's just something that I think was a defining moment. When I was at uni, I was really stressed. And I did this thing where I baked a pie a day, like a strawberry pie a day and then ate it myself. Sometimes I'd give out pieces, but not always. That happened for about a month. And I play cards with my nan every Sunday and it gets really aggressive. Amazing. 22 seconds. Smashed it. Smashed it. Fuck mind. No, I'll I'll do the donation anyway. (laughs) (laughs) oh god I feel like you know when people put like the um the clips out of podcasts onto Instagram that's gonna be (laughs) yours fuck the mental health charity Jesus I'm gonna get cancelled oh my goodness oh dear just on that note just for anybody that's listening I'm gonna follow up with Sasha to make sure that she donated after that <laughs> well I mean that was epic I don't think I've had a 30 second intro like it that was amazing eyebrows interesting I think we all went through that phase you know I just think 12 is a bit young isn't it oh god yeah 12 is a bit young I was like 12 year old in the playground who was getting like a full eyebrow thread and wax I mean I definitely overplucked them I mean mine are now tattooed that's that's how that's how bad mine were 
Oh wow! Mm. I thought I wouldn't have guessed that at all. They look. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Right, sorry, I feel like we're getting derailed. Yeah, sorry. Um, so back to business. So of course you've introduced yourself as um as you have. Uh tell everybody what you do for a business, Sasha. <laughs> Eyebrows aside. So um I have a small business and we sell quirky cards for real life. Um so quirky greeting cards online and it's called Cheeky Zebra. What an amazing tagline. And they are next level quirky as well. What made you choose quirkiness and sweariness and because it's obviously it's not everybody's cup of tea so but then to be fair I'm not everybody's cup of tea so I feel like if it's going to be my business it's it's just naturally going to be a bit for some people not for others um I'll be really honest one time I saw a (laughs) this is really bad I saw a Facebook advert I always wanted to start my own business never knew what I wanted to do when I was younger it was like I'm gonna have a chip shop I, I just wanted to have something of my own and then when I saw a Facebook ad for another company selling funny cards and I remember thinking I can do better than that and that was literally it and then I was like I'll just try that because also like what people don't say is like doing greeting cards it's quite a low barrier to entry yeah like, it didn't require a lot of money I don't need to be a graphic designer I just need to like have fairly funny things in my head which is kind of was okay for me amazing and in terms of you know was it something that was kind of you kind of said that you don't you just wanted something of your own but you weren't kind of sure what you wanted chip shop is interesting but how you've gone from chip shop to greeting cards well <laughs> like maybe <laughs> maybe we'll get there in a minute <laughs> I was just a weird kid but yeah <laughs> Oh, sorry, what was the question? <laughs> so, but what, um, did you kind of do anything at school? Were you quite arty or was it just a case of, you know, I'm, I'm quite funny, I'm, I'm a bit, you know, if you, you've just kind of described yourself as weird, I think you're hilarious personally, but. Uh, I would say, yeah, no, I think I'm downplaying it a bit. I was like a creative kind of person. Like I like arts and crafts. I like colours. I like drawing. I liked all of that stuff. So I guess for me it was like, oh my God, wait, these people are actually like selling cards that are funny and that's their like livelihood. And then I was like, okay, I wanted a business. I can do that. I'm kind of funny, I think. And I'm I'm also creative. So I was like, this three things, like wow, I can actually do this. So once I realized that exists, I was kind of like, oh, that's me then. Amazing. And was there kind of what age was that? Did you did you do the uni thing? Did you do the job thing, or did we just start a business? Oh, definitely not. I did the uni thing. I did the law thing because in Whoa. the yeah, it's just like it's what you do in it. And then I did. <laughs> oh, I was yes, yeah, yeah. It was one of those where it's like I just really wanted to make my grandparent proud, my granddad in particular. And I'm not saying like he's he's not evil. He didn't force me, but it was just a case of didn't really know what I wanted to do. I was fairly academic, so I was like, I'll just do law, and then he could be proud of me type vibe yeah did like from the first day I knew I didn't want to be a lawyer like it was a, I just knew it wasn't right but I finished the degree then I did various try and put off doing law I did a couple of like corporate I did a corporate grad scheme in London and I was like um I was a buyer for a while actually I um my last job before I think I was <laughs> do you know the spa shops yeah yeah I was a non-food buyer for a bit oh wow which is nuts which means like I negotiated the price of like nappies and condoms it was <laughs> Oh, weird. Like, when I think back to it, I'm like, no one's even going to believe I ever did that stuff. <laughs> I didn't do it particularly well. And then I moved back home um, from London, so back to Derby. And then I was like, do you know what? Let me just try law. So I took a job as a paralegal for a bit. And it was whilst I was doing that that I was like, I really need to do something more creative. So started doing Cheeky Zebra on the side. Um, and I think about a month, I mean a month, about a year or so later, quit my law job to do it full time. 
Wow. Epic story. And I think it's interesting because there's always so many commonalities between the people that I talk to. We all, we all kind of start a business on the side. It's always kind of a, well, maybe I could do that. And then I'm not too sure. And then when you kind of prove it to yourself, you kind of go all in. So what, what was the turning point for you? Because I know there's quite a few people that listen to this that are kind of at that point of they've probably got a full-time job or, you know, they might be on maternity leave or something like that. What was the thing to you that you kind of had to reach before you went, no, fuck this, I'm going all in? So I'm trying to be as honest as possible. So it was quite complicated for me. So I really didn't like law and I was like, oh, if I can't get Cheeky Zebra to work, maybe I can use all the social media I've done at Cheeky Zebra to land a marketing job and do something more creative. So I applied for a uh, marketing job and they basically said, um, we don't want you to work for us, but we're interested in working with you on your business and investing in the business. Because wow. I was like, oh my God, how exciting. And like, they were very serious, but they wanted 75% Whoa. to have 25%. And I can see it from their perspective because at that point it wasn't particularly lucrative. So at that point, I think we'd done uh, 25K in revenue for a, a year, which was a big deal for me. Cause in my head, I'm like, that's 25,000 pounds of pay. Yeah. But obviously that's revenue, it's not profit. So I think profit was probably 10 grand, something like that. So it wasn't anything huge I know but obviously I'm not just crediting that that's a lot when you're starting out but I couldn't have like lived off it and when they said they wanted 75% I was like I can't do that and I spoke to my granddad about it and like as we can see like approval from him obviously means something to me and he kind of said to me well look you're obviously that unhappy so if these people wanted to invest in it then just go do it by yourself and he was like you've got one year um and he basically gave me a loan of five grand to live off basically the idea was he was like how much do you need to live off I was like I could probably live off 500 pounds a month and not worry and he's like fine so he gave me a loan of five grand and was like you've got one year um figure it out sort of thing you can like stay living at home and so I figured it out um but it was like a combination of factors I think it was knowing that somebody else was interested enough to invest so there might be something there yeah knowing that I had the freedom emotionally it wasn't really about the money for my granddad it was more the freedom to be like you know what we're gonna just give you space for one year because like with I mean it's not like I could have done it anyway but that blessing really helped you know just kind of the support around you to be like go for it uh so I probably it was probably that that and then the 25k in sales made me feel like there's something here yeah yeah 100% Um, of having to go back to law would probably be the things that kind of Yeah. And it's so interesting, actually, that you've raised that because I think I I personally can relate to your kind of granddad situation in that I kind of feel that way about that with my dad a little bit. And it's almost kind of, um, it's not talked about, is it really? It's not talked about kind of the the family pressures that we probably put it on ourselves. You know, you've kind of proved there that your granddad definitely cares more about your happiness than he did about you being a lawyer. I'll be so honest. That was news to me a little bit no that sounds awful like obviously he did but when he said it I was like I was in shock I was genuinely on some level I was so touched by the kind of willing of nurses for him for me to like you know actually do something different because that took an element of if he didn't think I could do it he wouldn't have suggested it do you know what I mean yeah yeah 100% and again like I, I feel like I can relate in terms of I've had a very similar conversation with my dad um and there was a time when I just I left a job I just walked out and I was like I'm just so unhappy and just for him to be like it's it's fine like you can have the space whereas I feel like I'd let him down just him yeah. saying actually no it's all right was I was like 
holy shit maybe it's all right maybe it's maybe it's, it's gonna so be okay it? it's like it's crazy and then I do appreciate though that we're very lucky to be given that response and not everybody gets that yeah yeah it's 100 percent. it's a privileged position yeah so I definitely got like a lot of you know and I had like a financial safety net of like a year to survive off yeah but okay so that was kind of that was kind of your turning point I suppose so you kind of saying actually I'm not that happy and having that kind of response from somebody that you really cared about in in terms of your granddad and that that freedom and that space was the thing that kind of went yeah cool I'm going all in yeah amazing and then so what happened what happened in that kind of time and that freedom was it a case that you kind of did you find that having that space and freedom gave you a rocket up your ass to give you the motivation to actually get going was there days when you know you kind of thought oh fuck I can't do this maybe I should just go back to law (laughs) what happened I felt like tremendous pressure like almost the fact that they said that he said you know you've got freedom that was worse because the fact that he'd always given me like this chance in a way and I know it sounds weird like this dynamic of needing permission like realistically I don't like I can do what I want but based on like my family dynamics and whatever it's just very important to me to have like my granddad's approval it's just I don't know if it's like an every if it's an Indian thing or just like a me thing or every I don't know but it's how it so for me it was like shit it was almost like the fact that I'd got this blessing made it worse because I was like I really can't fuck this up and I think sometimes I felt a bit paralyzed with fear and also a lot of it at the start is I didn't know what I was doing like most of my orders were coming from Etsy um and I was just chucking things at the wall to see what would stick and I think that time can be really scary because even though everyone was like we're giving you freedom they're not like everybody was like how's it going everyone was kind of looking to see how many orders I was doing each day like that especially yeah. when it's a physical product they can see what you're taking to the post office do you know what I mean yeah the orders aren't coming in but in your brain you're like I know they're not coming in right now but it's because I'm working on all of this stuff that once I get this going it will bring this orders like later down the line but they don't understand that so I think that pressure was quite difficult for me and there were some days where like you know things weren't coming in and I was like shit um but I listened to a lot of Gary V which actually really helped you know how he's doing all of his very like hustle hustle (laughs) he is very intense he's he's a bit marmite isn't he yeah but I'll be honest like he got me through it like I I needed to be that intense um sorry I just put my headphones in apologies um yeah I needed it to be like that intense and then what happened was I just kept kept my head down and just kept trying things so things like I optimized my I tried to do stuff that would take care of sales for me in a way that didn't put as much like it would almost happen by itself so I optimized Etsy in that time I made use of Pinterest then I tried Facebook ads um with the, almost to prove they didn't work so we did organic Facebook ads and they didn't work I mean not organic like you know for everyday occasions didn't yep. work and then made no money and I said to my friends like oh I'm gonna hire her to do Father's Day and like I think the fee was about a grand or something and they were everyone around me was like are you stupid like you've not got much money you idiot and I was like I know but like I need to know it doesn't work and so we did the ads at Father's Day, having just made a loss on every day. And everyone think I'm crazy because I've already lost like the one grand of the fee for the everyday campaign. And um, Father's Day hit and we ended up doing something like 17 grand's worth of orders in three weeks, which is insanity. And that was kind of like when 
Also, I'd just like to say that the margins of Facebook ads are very tight. So don't think I made like 17 grand. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But made a good chunk good of money. Good side note. Well done. <laughs> made a good chunk of money. But, and also my family seeing those orders come in, it felt like I can breathe now. Yeah. Like whether or not this continues at this rate or doesn't, at least they'll just, once he kind of realized, oh, she can like, when I basically got to a position where I could pay him back in that year, it was almost like, okay, we're just going to leave her to like figure it out now. And that was that confidence for them seeing it and me seeing them see these orders come in was like what really got me through. That's amazing. And I think there's so many things that there's so many points in there that I could pick up and just roll with. But I think, I think there has to be something said about the fact of just trying shit because we've we've all been there and there I just I feel like nowadays there are so many people that are just too scared to try anything and it's kind of like it makes me kind of scream inside a little bit like nobody owes you anything so until you try how are you gonna know like I can't I can't give you every answer I can't solve all of your problems so at some point you kind of have to pick yourself up and go, well, I'll just try this, see what happens. And if it flops, yeah, it flops. Like, you know, even if eight out of 10 flop, the two that don't flop. Say, for instance, I didn't do Facebook ads because everyone was telling me, you've already lost so much money. This is really stupid. Don't do it again for Father's Day. I'm not sure I'd be here now. Like, you have to try things that I did phone cases, flopped. I did notebooks, flopped. I tried to launch chocolates for Father's Day this year who one your dad doesn't want chocolate two it's sometime are you all right Sasha and I was like oh I'll buy a thousand because we'll make loads of money <laughs> we didn't and it flopped and but it's fine like I think this Thursday I'm doing um an insta live with another business and like I'm nervous because it's something completely different we're asking people to just come online and get drunk with us I have no idea how it's gonna go and like but what I've learned is the more that I'm not afraid to look stupid or like for things to go wrong overall the better for my business like I show up now on insta a lot more like you said like I do funny silly things some of them frankly are cringe and they'll flop and my personal friends in real life will be like Sasha that was really lame and I'll be like yeah thanks mate I know and um, but and but then the next one will do really well and I think once you get over that, like, because I don't know if this is it for everyone, but like, it's that sense, especially when you're a small business, like all your friends and family are watching and it's the fear of looking silly in a way. Yeah. Um, well, that was one for me. That was a big one. And once I just kind of decided to not give a fuck, it helped. It's so true though, but it's a common thing. It's the fear of judgment. We all have it. It's human nature. It's a fear of judgment, of looking stupid. And as you say, kind of, I think by the sounds of it, I, I'm very much getting the sense that, you know, that is a thing for you in your family, which... I fully appreciate. I know not everybody has it. Um, some people don't really give a shit about what their family and friends think, but it, it's it's almost, it's overcoming that thing, isn't it? And I think, uh, again, I can relate to it in the sense of, um, I think a lot of people that if, if they followed me from the beginning, they would have seen a massive switch. There was almost like a day where I just kind of went, do you know what? I swear in person and I don't swear online. And I feel like it's actually more work for me to stop myself from acting as myself than it is if I just did it yeah and so it's actually like it it consumes you doesn't it so when you stop giving a fuck you actually show up as yourself and you then you start attracting the right people and that is just it's quite I don't know it's quite empowering really isn't it 
I think so. And I also think it's really interesting because I think I started following you after you'd made the switch. Yeah. And one of the reasons I really liked you and want like I find your content really valuable is because to me anyway, it just felt very authentic. And like there's lots of people everywhere who do similar things, but like I find a lot of the other stuff quite polished and yeah. it makes me feel a bit nauseous. Whereas when I found <laughs> was like oh my god this is great so like I think when you said about like attracting you'll attract the right kind of people when you're being yourself yeah and you repel the wrong people which I think exactly I definitely repel a lot of people have you so let's go on to that have you ever had like an arsey comment or an arsey email or message or anything because of the swearing so one thing that I picked up on the podcast a couple of times is there was one particular lady that emailed me and said I really really want to work with you but can you stop swearing and I was like no because you're asking me to stop being myself so like no like I really appreciate that feedback but no yeah (laughs) no no I can't I say if anyone listening like only 10% or 5% of our cards are really rude most of them are just quite funny and honest and cheeky but it's that I tend to promote the ruder ones because they get more engagement and more of a response but like I would say the like 90% of our cards are just like honest funny cards for a real situation like they're just straight talking fun sometimes like we do lots of sweet cards that just aren't sickly they're quite like straight talking yeah it's not all like abomination but there is some abomination uh yes so it was a weird one though um I actually got uh ran a bunch of campaigns for a Christmas campaign on Facebook two years ago I can't remember when uh before COVID and it was um it's too early for the c word and it was about Christmas I ended up getting bombarded by messages by a group saying that I was taking the mick out of cancer because they thought that the C word was cancer, but it was obviously a play on Christmas and C-U-N-T. And I was like, what? Um, So I had that happen. And then it was really difficult because I wanted to be sensitive because these people are obviously dealt with a really difficult thing, which is why I guess almost they're seeing that word everywhere so it was a really difficult thing of wanting to be really sensitive but also wanting to be like no that's not what I'm doing and I think you're reading that inference into it rather than that being an inference that could be taken from it objectively yeah I sometimes I will have situations like that and then I try to respond really kindly but it's a difficult balance especially because some of my cards are tongue-in-cheek it's like sometimes you just have to weigh up in what situations you want to change a card because somebody's right and in what situations you want to just stand by what you've made and be like we just have to agree to disagree yeah and so actually that's that's quite an interesting point because I think some of the people that I work with you know they really struggle to not necessarily take criticism but we all have this habit of we could receive a hundred positive reviews and one negative and we'll always hold on to the negative yeah so you know how did how did you overcome something like that how did you know how did it make you feel and how did you kind of get past that do you know what I'm quite good now I probably wasn't at the start if I get a bad review I'm quite or a bad or even that situation I'm quite good at being objective about it and just being like is there any truth here yeah there is Sometimes it'll be a truth that I'm like, okay, I hear them. I don't agree. So, for example, our cards are not A4. They're like um, they're minier size, and I like the size of them. They're like um, a bit bigger than A6. I think they're quite cute and dinky. Yep. I don't like the big ones. And sometimes I'll get reviews that are like, 
one person said it's overpriced because it's not an A4 card um, and somebody else I think so basically I would say 1% if that of review every so often I get a couple of reviews that complain about the size and I'm like do you know what they're right like they're not big cards we do make it very clear of the size of the card they just don't like that size okay I'm like I choose not to care about it does that yeah. make sense yeah and look at what's like useful within the review so sometimes one time I had a review years ago that said um the card arrived um damaged and like that was really helpful she gave us one star but then I learned to put in send all of our cards in board backed envelopes so that never happened again so I try and find like the benefit of it and I tend to be quite compassionate and put myself in the customer shoes and just kind of see it from their perspective um and I just don't really get offended by it yeah, it's one of those things, isn't it? I think maybe would you agree that that kind of comes with time? Because I think yeah, you're absolutely right. Like it is, you know, you do have to do those things and you do have to take the good out of it and you kind of have to tweak and make things better and all of that kind of stuff. But I guess at the beginning, it just kind of, I think for a lot of people, it kind of feels like it's their baby and it's almost like they're being attacked if they get a negative review. I think that's really fair because it, for context, I'm coming this from a perspective of like, the majority of our reviews are five stars now so I don't feel oh, we've got enough of a bank of them to not feel so upset yeah. but when I got that first one star review about that woman's card that was crumpled she was completely right to be upset that her card arrived crumpled I I think I did cry actually yeah because I was like now we've got one bad review we've hardly got many good like we've not got many reviews so that one out of we've got five reviews and now 20% of them are one star do you know what I mean yeah I, I do have empathy with it I think I don't know what do you think I think you've just got to like grit your teeth and power through that feeling yeah I think uh, personally I just think it kind of comes with time and confidence doesn't it like I think it's so it's so easy to kind of get wrapped up in like well I've put my heart and soul into this thing regardless of whether it's you know a card a, a scarf a candle whatever the product is you've probably spent a lot of time energy money just everything going through your know, emotional trauma of dealing with family <laughs> like trying to fit in and approval and all that kind of stuff it's it's exhausting so when somebody kind of comes at you and says I don't like it or gives you some form of negativity it's hard not to take that personally yeah no it can be quite crushing can't it yeah so in terms of okay so You've got great reviews, which is amazing. So for anybody that's listening to this, that is kind of in your position, maybe, how long have you been in business, Sasha? Um, I think I quit law four years ago this October. So four years properly this October. Amazing. Oh no, so, October happened. So the October that just happened. Yeah, was- yeah. Um, so what would you say, you know, thinking about your challenges and things that you've overcome and all of that kind of stuff, what kind of... Let's go with three, but if you can't think of three, don't worry about it. What three things would you say to Sasha three or four years ago? Well, Lorna, I made a list. Oh! Yeah, you were going to ask me this. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, I really thought about this because I was trying to be, as, I wanted to be as like helpful to pass Sasha or anybody as possible. So number one, for product business at least, for me would be to optimise and leverage third-party traffic wherever you can. So as you're starting, you don't necessarily have, like for me at least, no one knew who the fuck Cheeks ever was. I didn't have like a big brand. Like I was nobody and I needed to get my products in front of customers to get customers. And so to start with, I relied really heavily on Etsy. I used Pinterest and I used Amazon. And wow. eBay, I believe. 
Um, and I did that before I even, I had a website, but my website was crap and like no one, I had no traffic to my website. So the first thing I did was because you need to get money in as fast as possible. Um, and so I would definitely leverage third party traffic. And the great thing about places like Etsy, which I'm sure people everyone knows, is that you don't put any upfront costs, like they just take commission for every sale. So that's a really like affordable way to get your products out and in front of people when you need sales at the start. Yeah, it's so true. And I think like, I've kind of voiced my opinion about Etsy beforehand <laughs> on the podcast, which is not good. Uh, it's not that it's not good. It's that I just personally, I think from a business perspective, Etsy is a great platform to kind of to get you started to yeah. kind of give you a proof of concept. If you can sell stuff on Etsy, you're absolutely you're factually correct in that you know they already have a customer base, they already have traffic. Whereas if you build a website, it's your job to drive traffic to that website, but. Mm-hmm. It, it's the people that go on Etsy, try and build a business on Etsy, then break some kind of rule and get shut down and rely on it that really piss me off. Yeah. <laughs> I love no, but you know what? You're completely right because I would say use Etsy to begin with to get you some money through the door. But if you rely on Etsy, then you're fucked. Like when something inevitably goes wrong or the algorithm changes, it, it it's not, yeah. But also for me as well, I relied too heavily on Facebook ads and I got fucked that way because my ads fell off a cliff at some point last Father's Day. And now I'm focusing really hard on building my organic, which I should have been doing more of anyway, but it's forced me to work harder. Sure. Because you can, well, the point I'm making is you can have your own website and then you can still be reliant on something that's a bit out of your control if you don't do like the other stuff, like the email and the social yeah. media and blah, blah, blah. But no, I agree with you. But I do think it's helpful if you use it just as a tool to start with yeah 100% agreed amazing okay ready for number two hit me right number two is when you're starting with your social media if you're just overwhelmed or you don't know what to do then this is a Gary V gem I've got he used to always say um document don't create so like and I just think that's really helpful so what he what I mean by that or he means by that is that if you don't know what to post and you've got no idea just document what you're doing just chat about your day just like literally just if you're so right now I was going to do a podcast I would have spoke about it I would have done some content like really nervous doing this podcast like blah 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 um I just think that's probably the best thing when you haven't got any content ideas and I would also say it's better to post something even if it's crap and a bit boring than nothing because sometimes all people need is a reminder that you exist amazing because it's so interesting because it's almost like two ends of the uh, two ends of the scale because if I had if I was talking to you and you were a top-notch kind of marketing owned a marketing agency they would damn right disagree with you in saying just post something don't like don't worry about it whereas I've been I've worked in marketing for like coming up to 11 years which makes me kind of feel a bit sick in my mouth to be honest I don't feel like I'm old enough but at the same time, I think it's people like you and brands like you that sometimes we just have to admit that we're nosy bastards. So actually seeing like behind the scenes, seeing you pack orders, seeing, dare I say it, your nan, but you know, all of those kind of little things, it's interesting that that's kind of your take and your strategy on it because, you know, I think it, I feel like it's paid off for you. It has done. I'll be honest, I didn't agree first. I was like, I'm not showing my face. One, because I felt like too unattractive. I, I was very self-conscious. Like I'd moved back to my hometown. I didn't want everyone at school, like, I went to school with to know that I'm suddenly like 40 pounds heavier. Like it's stupid, but it was how I felt at the time. Um, 
and we then, can all relate to that don't worry about that <laughs> and I was like do you know what it's time and so I was like and also I think I wanted the brand to be faceless and polished and cool and I wonder if someone's listening to this and maybe your brand is a lot more premium because it's easy for me to say because I've got quite a tongue-in-cheek brand but I think they're brands that I follow that are a lot more premium, but they still find a way to do the behind the scenes document content. And I still enjoy it. And it might not be as like sweary or as cheeky as mine, but they do it in a way where it's still really engaging. They might do a poll about what colors they're going to use next, or they'll show me the process of how they make it. And I think if we're, if your audience is small businesses, like you're the point that you made around, actually people are nosy. When it's small businesses, people are, and people especially after COVID, want to buy from small businesses more now than ever, I think we can get away with using that as a strategy to just kind of show what we're doing. Yeah. And would, would you say it was it was kind of the Gary V rocket that made you change your mind about being a faceless brand to, to put in your face out there? It was definitely, I'd say 80% Gary V, a little bit Alice Benham, because I worked with her and she was kind of like telling me to leverage myself and I was telling her to shut up and she was like, no, you need to leverage <laughs> Uh, so definitely to give her credit but also I saw it work well for like so I don't know if anyone follows Elizabeth Styles and Emma I think Emma's on your podcast isn't she Emma uh, Emma Scrunchies when I started seeing them leverage their faces I was like oh it works so I can't keep saying it wouldn't work for me because of x y and z because I've got enough evidence of it working for other people now and I'm just gonna regret it if I don't yeah. and you know it is worth remembering that you will start from nowhere. And at the start, I remember I was just posting all this shit and I was like, nobody cares, nobody cares, nobody cares. But you just have to keep going. And over time, a few people will care. And it was just it was just kind of your, yourself telling you that you just had to keep trying and keep doing it? Or was there any kind of yeah. external factors? No, it was seeing them do well. It was Gary Vee and then it was myself. And it was like, look, you've got a year. If You're going to regret if you didn't try. Yeah, if you didn't go all in. Yeah, so it was just like, just keep going. And sometimes I'd post it and I'd throw my phone across the room because I'd be like, I don't want to think about it. Not like in a violent way, more just like, ah, like I'd seen a... I'd just be like, ah. it's just really cringe. But um, yeah, you get over it. Cool, amazing. Have you got a third one or? Yeah, but I think it kind of links. So my third one just says, start showing your face, Um, which I think we've kind of. Yeah. And it's it's interesting because there are, I think everything that you've said, I think a lot of people, I can personally relate. There was, you know, I never even intended to be self-employed. So for me to like kind of sit on my phone and go on Instagram, like sometimes I sit, I spot my parents being like, what the fuck is she doing? Oh, and like, time. have to. <laughs> and my granddad walked in. I was like, guys, I'm working upstairs. I'm really busy because they have the business downstairs and I have, I work upstairs so I have the upstairs of the, the property so upstairs and I'm like I'm really busy don't like bother me so my granddad's knocking on the door like not trying to disturb me and I'm filming TikToks and it was so mortifying because I was like this man he doesn't understand what I'm doing he just thinks she's just told us she's really busy and what is she like literally what is she doing I think my nan thinks I work at Facebook and that I'm best friends with Mark Zuckerberg I love that she tells people like <laughs> Facebook. Lorna's Facebook. She is the Facebook. She is Facebook, yeah. Facebook. Yeah. So I think, yeah, I can, I can kind of relate to that. I'm not gonna lie. Um, amazing. Well, I'm conscious of, I feel like I could talk to you all day, Sasha. I'm not gonna lie. I feel like your story is just nuts, but also not not too dissimilar from kind of anybody else's, if that makes sense. I think, you know, we all kind of go on a different journey and there's different elements to it but I had no idea that you were kind of 
trained in law or anything like that. So it's been really, really lovely to get to know you. Um, and thank you so much for being so open and transparent and honest. And I can't, I can only imagine it's going to help anybody that's listening that's kind of thinking, well, fuck this, I might as well give up because there, it's, I, especially after the last two years, I think it's kind of that make or break for a lot of people at the minute, isn't it? It's kind of, do I keep going? Do I not? Do I give it in? Yeah, no, completely. I think I just want to say on that because I've like struggled with this. It's just that um, if like if you know people are feeling like make or break one, have you if you're like really honest with yourself and you ask yourself, have you really tried everything? And if you have, fair enough. But chances are you haven't. And immediately there's a bunch of things that you've been putting off that you didn't want to give a go to that probably surfaced. At the moment, that for me is TikTok. Like, I definitely need to get on that sooner rather than later. But I keep putting it off. So that's like my version. And then the second thing was to say that there's a lot of businesses I've seen that I know have been grinding it out for years have exploded what feels like in the last in a short space of a year and it suddenly feels like that happened overnight and like now a huge one that comes to mind is like size studio like she completely Polly is next level she blew in like yeah but like it wasn't because we it's how it feels like it she's been doing her business for ages but I would say it's only the last year in which she's like gone from where she was steady to boom yeah and I do think that happens for a lot of people like for me as well like it was like this 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 and then the Facebook ad thing happened and then we suddenly went to here we're not a boom yet but I was so I just kind of think like to remember that too because if you're kind of chugging along and you're feeling like you're not getting there chances there are loads of people I've seen it just it's like just that teeny bit longer yeah and it is so true. And I think, again, it's kind of another thing that kind of comes up when I was talking to the likes of Emma, um, Ruth from XOXO Designs, they kind of, they've all said the same thing. Like, I've been in business a lot longer than you think I have. But just yeah. because you've known me for the last year is when it kind of took off a little bit. Exactly my point. Uh, my friend Dylan, who's got Rashid Clothing, like, it's a huge brand. And um, literally, I think he told me, like, he had a really bad year in like 2017 2017 was not that long ago yeah. and like, then he's just blown up post then and the point being is yeah and he's been in business like almost a decade now and I think that's just like helpful to remember yeah it's definitely a long game isn't it yeah and that's annoying frankly like no one's <laughs> nobody wants that nobody's got time for that because there are people that suddenly like make it happen really quickly but I also think that if your growth's a bit slower and maybe this is just me hating but like it is tends to be more sustainable yeah yeah so true and I guess kind of last question um I started asking it a long time ago to guess and it's kind of dropped off my radar a little bit but it's always interesting what I find the word success is very 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 subjective what does mm-hmm. su- success mean to you, Sasha? What would success mean? <laughs> On the spot. No, uh, I, I have an answer, but I feel like it's really cringe, but I'll just say whatever my answer is. So um, success for me personally would be to be able to take care of my family to a degree. So like my mom's had some health issues over the years, X, blah, blah, blah. And I would, it wouldn't have been my goal for a long time to be able to get her into a position where she just doesn't have to worry. So like, that would be my version of success would be to have enough money to be able to take care of people that I really care about without it being a thing. Yep. That's not cringe at all. That's I think. Answer. 
Yeah, that's amazing. Love it. Well, thank you so much for being a guest and agreeing and coming and chatting to me. Uh, for anybody that's listened to this and has rightly so fallen in love with you, where can they find you, follow you and buy your cards? Because frankly, I think we all should. Thank you so much. Uh, okay, so Instagram is cheekyzebra.com, but it's spelled like cheekyzebra and then D-O-T-C-O-M. I don't know why, but that's how it is. <laughs> uh, now, our website is www.cheekyzebra.com. Um, but like, if you've listened to this and you want to say hi, like, please say hi. I'll Amazing. say hi back. And I, if you do nothing else, just go and follow her on Instagram because the stories are top notch every single day. There is not one day when I don't have a smile on my face watching your stories. It's epic. But as always, I will pop all of the uh, links in the show notes below so that you can go and find Sasha super duper quick and uh, get hold of some of her cards. They are cheeky. Some of them are sweary, but you probably will not regret it. <laughs> amazing Sasha thank you so much for your time and I'll talk to you soon thank you very much see you soon bye thank you bye